Hey guys, it's Dawn. I want to let you know about a new space I'm creating called What's the Truth Community. If you've experienced trauma in childhood, the truth becomes very elusive because in toxic families, what goes on behind closed doors is secret. And then we are told so many false beliefs about who we are like you are bad, useless, stupid, unlovable, shameful, you will never amount to anything. All the lies and manipulation that changes who you are. But did you know that each belief that gets filed away in your subconscious mind is so powerful? Each belief influences every choice you make and that can change the entire trajectory of your life. And the biggest problem is that you can't see it. You can't see the truth anymore because it gets buried too deep. And so you continue in these same toxic patterns for years. The truth is that you grew up with a highly dysfunctional, abusive, abandoning, manipulative parent, and they projected all of their own trauma, anger, hate, unworthiness onto you and so actually none of the things you've been made to believe about yourself are true it's just been passed down but how do you unlearn that how do you even see it in these subscriber only episodes we delve further into the truth to explode the toxic beliefs that don't belong to us to see the false beliefs and the toxic patterns because once we can see it we can change it and then we can live in peace, freedom and authenticity. When you join the What's the Truth community, you will receive subscriber-only episodes. And all episodes, both regular and subscriber episodes, will be ad-free. And all for the cost of a cup of coffee a month. You cannot heal in isolation. We heal in community. This is your safe space. If you listen in the Apple Podcasts app, you can sign up right there in the app. And if you listen on any other platform, you can sign up via Supercast. It's super easy. Go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. In episode one, I am sharing more of my truth and I can't wait to see you over there. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me, I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. 
Hey, my beautiful friends, welcome back to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. What does codependency look like? This is something that I've always struggled to clearly understand as I have definitely experienced this myself. This quick chat with Shannon is a great insight into what happens to kids who grow up in a chaotic home environment. Shannon's grandfather was abusive to her mother and her grandmother and Shannon was a constant witness to that abuse. She took on the role of taking care of everybody and that's where codependency begins. Kids in homes where there is abuse or addiction issues learn to neglect their own needs in order to meet the needs of those around them. They become the primary caregiver to the adults in their lives. They find emotional fulfillment through making others feel happy regardless of their own needs. The focus is always on other people and they have difficulty expressing emotions or what they deeply need themselves because they've not learned to look out for themselves in that way. Shannon's mother is bipolar and she and Shannon's dad met when they were just 14. When Shannon was 10 years old, her mother left home for three weeks and nobody knew where she went. Shannon started caring for her family then and has continued to do that ever since in a very codependent way. If you are struggling with codependency, Seek professional help so that you can begin to recognize the signs of codependency so that you can learn how to set healthy boundaries so that you can overcome people pleasing and learn how to reconnect with who you are. Find your sense of self. We pick this story up as Shannon describes how it felt to be 10 years old and having witnessed abuse every day of her life, what the future looked like to her from that little girl's perspective. I had one of my first kind of intuitive knowing things because i that's part of what I do. I, I thought that I would be dead by the age of 10 because of the way all that went. Like it just was so dark and so heavy. I was like, yeah, I guess 10 will be done with all this. And so I didn't even dream past that. Like I didn't, I didn't think about getting married. I didn't think about going to college. I didn't think about having a family. I didn't, I didn't dream any of that stuff that most little girls dream. And looking back at it, it must have affected me more than I thought because at like eight or nine, I remember asking my mom and dad for an electric organ for Christmas because I wanted to learn how to play the keyboard. But I would sit up at the top of, of our stairs in my in this landing and I would play like minor key chords like dirge sounding like kind of ominous sad chords and cry I mean but I was a happy kid mostly which isn't that weird but I guess that's how it played out in me too you know if I if I couldn't be outside reading hiding up in a tree you know sort of doing something outdoors with my dog on my bike you know, if I was inside with, with all of them, you just never knew who was going to blow up and when, which was so weird. Yeah. It's just, 
It's just like you're on high alert all the time, aren't you? All the time. And interestingly enough, you get addicted to it. You get addicted to the stress of it and the, your nervous system doesn't know how to turn off. And so mine stayed that way. And, and my mom is bipolar. So that makes it even more fun. I think my grandpa was too and not medicated. And so you just didn't know whether you were coming into manic rage or manic joy. Cause you know, manic joy can be kind of fun by a bipolar family member when they're in a happy manic is pretty creative and there's a lot of fun going on. But when they turn to the dark manic or slight start sliding down the depressive end, that's where it gets, you know, funky, but it taught me how to read into energy and kind of read the room and know exactly what I'm stepping into. Like it's really part of, I see it as a gift now, but that whole inability to turn off your, your nervous system and stay addicted to like, uh, you know, all the time. It's, I think it's part of what caused my horrible health issues about six or seven years ago is, is I've got an autoimmune condition now because mm. my body literally can't turn itself off. Like it's fighting itself now. Like it's so why I internalized the energy of all that chaos, I think. It's yeah, really interesting. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? I'm sure almost everything that we experience in health is coming from those sort of things. I, I really believe yeah. that. You know, you, you yeah. don't know what to do with it. So it just, it goes somewhere. And then that's somewhere. the beauty of, yeah, that's the beauty of as you age, you learn tools to process the stuff in different ways. But yeah, mm. as, a, as a kid, you don't know what to do. And so your mum has obviously come from this environment her whole life. And how does it affect her as a person and your relationship with her when you're a, a small kid? Yeah, it, it's interesting. My mom and I have always been incredibly close or at complete odds with each other. It's a very bipolar relationship. As a kid, unfortunately, like I, was, I was 10 years old. So that, that premonition of at 10, my world, you know, 10, I would be dead. What it really was, was at the age of 10, my mom ran away from home. She had her first psychotic break before she was diagnosed bipolar. She ran away from home for two or three weeks. Nobody could find her. And I immediately walked into her closet. I put on her bathrobe and I walked out and started to parent everybody. I started to cook and clean and mother. And I had a little brother that was two and a half years younger. So, you know, I was, I was a mother to him. I, I parented my dad. I was I was always the confidant of both my parents with any kind of information, which is not something you want to know when you're a little kid. But so mom was like, you're my best friend. You're going to do everything. If you stay, if you stay like good grades and keep on top of stuff in school, like you'd be perfect. I'll come get you out of school. Anytime I have a, you know, a little manic rush and we'll go play. So I always had like a 4.0 because she would grab me at any point. And we would go to movies and go eat and go do, you know, whatever when she was in a manic. And then bless her heart, whenever she was, you know, headed into the depression, it would be just as, you know, just as deep as the manic was high. She'd be suicidal and I would lay there with her. She'd keep me out of school to lay there with her in bed while she sobbed because she would tell me, you know, I, I, I'm going to kill myself if I don't have you here to hang on to, you know, so I, I literally, it was so bad at times I would sneak downstairs and, and bring my sleeping bag and my pillow and my stuffed animal. And I would sleep across her, her door threshold. If my dad was home, I would just sleep right there so I could be as close, you know, as I possibly could. It was, it was really messed up, but you know, 
you didn't know it at the time. That's what you, that's what you did. And it, you know, it's weird, all this craziness, you know, I don't blame her for any of it. She, she did try to get help. She has been medicated mostly her whole life, but, but what she wasn't able to ever get a grip on was how fragmented she got from all the abuse. And so it caused what wasn't diagnosed in her, she's got some borderline personality disorder. So she's, she's fragmented and she acts out and, and she plays people against each other and she rages. And so she's got, she's got some stuff. She doesn't do it all the time, but boy, when she goes there, it's, it's fascinating. And she's been with my dad since she was 14. So mm -hmm. she taught him a lot of these patterns and he brought some of his own inability to function. And so it's, it is a interesting dance when you get the two of them on the wrong side of things. So when someone is bipolar, you've got the highs and the lows. Is there other time when they're mm -hmm. stable? Yeah, yeah right. there's neutral times. And, and like I said before, even, even on the manic side of things, when it was a controlled manic, she was a blast. And she was like the mom everybody wanted to be around. And weirdly enough, we were the house that everybody wanted to come to. Like it was fun and she, we would have slumber parties and she would have like all my, my gay theater and choir buddies would come over and she's like, I'll put you in my go-go boots and you can wear my captains and we'll play with makeup and we'd have, you know, talent shows. And I mean, it was just, it was fun, but, but then there would be periods where it would get too high and everybody would have to go away. And then when you were coming back down, it was like, okay, then everybody can come back around again and it'll be fun. And then it would get so low, like nobody could come over then because you know, it was a dark phase of the moon. The worst part were the times when she would get herself off her meds and have a psychotic break. And there's nothing like that. And I'm the only one for some reason that steps up to, well, for some reason, hello, I'm, I'm a healer and I'm codependent. There's not some reason I was, you know, I was groomed to do it. It's in mm -hmm. my DNA to do it. So yeah. So, um, I'm always in charge of her care when, when the wheels come off still and it's tricky and bless her heart now she's got some dementia on top of it so you know you literally don't know who you're going to get she can be very very loving we can be very very close she can say things that just make you feel so good about yourself and you're like yay that mom's winning you know and then literally an hour later it's just like <laughs> just like a pterodactyl you're like wow this is this is neat wow so when your mom left home for those three weeks, what, what happens to you? I mean, you've obviously taken over and, and you're looking after everybody, but it must just be terrifying when your mother disappears and you don't know where yeah. she is. Yeah, it was, it was the first time I did first and only time really. I think I ever saw my dad cry. We, he and I sat together and just cried for like two or three days straight. Just didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to find her. He didn't know what to do. And I tend to go, I'm good in a crisis. I tend to just sort of go into let's get this done mode. But what I know now that it did to me is I, you know, have horrendous safety issues and abandonment issues and, you know, just don't know which end is up sometimes. And so, you know, it's part of the fight or flight. Like that, that's all I know. And it's so weird. I didn't put this together until we talked about this, the whole bipolar thing. It is fight or flight. It's, it's polar opposites. And so I, you know, I get stuck in, in one or the other. I'll just, I'll run away from their craziness when it's happening or I'll stand right in the middle of it, toe to toe. And I'll just be like, 
you know, fighting for my life, but I'm trying to find that middle ground, you know, that neutral middle ground where you can be peaceful and stand in the middle of it and not let it affect you. And I'm, I'm getting better, but, but yeah, I did, you know, it, it rocks your world when you're, when you're a little kid and, and shoulder the, the burden of care, you know, for both your parents, because I picked it up then at 10 and I'm 55 and I am still doing it. I'm yes. still doing it. And I've, I've walked away over the years at different times. I've estranged myself from them because I just was like, I can't do this and have a life and put up with, you know, with, because the trickiest part is as long as I'm performing, doing, giving, cooking, feeding, bringing joy, you know, providing, then they're nice. But literally, sometimes the second I stop doing that, like the gloves come off and it just gets really, really ugly. So there's, there are just times I'm just like, I can't, I can't take it. Unfortunately, right now we're in one of those times. It seems like it always comes up at the holidays. It's like a trauma response for the family. They just you know, they want me to do everything and then I do it. And then they just like bleh, at me and I'm like, I don't, that's not how I want to spend my holidays. I'd rather, I'd rather hang out with my dog and listen to Christmas music and be peaceful than, you know, be in the line of fire. So it's interesting. So as of last week, we're, we're taking a break. Yeah. Have you had breaks before? Yes. I've, I've gone away for two or three years at a time because I just couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, I, I keep getting, you know, I keep getting therapy and I do energy work and I, you know, I do all kinds of transformational conscious transformation work and trying to deal with the shadow stuff. And I'm starting now on trauma therapy and I, I'm always doing something to work through the next layer that I find of this stuff, but, but my folks just won't. And so I'm the only one, you know, shifting, healing and growing with all this stuff. And so there's just times you just can't, you can't heal and shift that stuff while you're in the middle of fighting it. You just, you just can't. And this weird thing is I thought I was, I thought I was better. I thought I was grounded and peaceful and, you know, I've been meditating for like 258 days straight with this guy named Panash Desai. It's been amazing. And he does these energy activations and alignments, like helps you clear a lot of these toxic emotions that, live in your body it's helped me tremendously like just giving me permission to cry and rage and you know do the things that you need to do in a really safe soft way and to let those emotions out and flow so I've I've been doing that for you know almost 260 days and I was like yes I'm good this will be the first holiday I'll be able to be like kind of Buddha like and hang out with the folks and whew nope not yet Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. 
Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Thank you.